Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew, ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Hey, Chooms. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl, Genesis. Just here doing an intro all by my lonesome. That's because we had an amazing chat last week with Captain Logan, one of the previous hosts of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. He was gracious enough to come back onto the show to join Turbo, Toasty, and I last week for our Patreon chat about what major events would we want to see within the world of Cyberpunk. Now, hopefully you went and took a listen to that. This is a little bit of a continuation of that conversation. And then we kind of diverge and delve into a whole bunch of different scenarios. Logan didn't have anybody to talk to about edge runners yet. And Toasty didn't have anybody to really deep dive into the analysis with it. Because we kept our episodes pretty short on it when it came out. Uh, and hopefully you've gone back and listened to those as well. We had some really interesting chats on edge runners. But I digress. That is how this thing works. You start talking about one topic and it just keeps going and going and going. And that's why we love these games. Oh, so please enjoy our converse our continued extended conversation with Logan. Turbo, Toasty, and I about all things cyberpunk. Yay! You know, to be fair, 
is Logan Logan's comeback here, and he had to give me shit because you and I always argued so much on episodes. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just calling what I what I remember of you. Like I just I remember Toasty really liking Judy. I would not I be surprised if you have an expert an, an Excel spreadsheet listing out all of different uh, Judy's like tattoos in the meanings. Uh, I, I, I was don't. thinking more of timeline. Oh, the ones that, that has like every single fact. It just has a, a Google a document that goes, Judy likes the color red. Okay. Here's, here's a better question. Cause I know I was, I was kidding about the, uh, the spreadsheet. Do you have a bookmark on your uh, tab that gives you the, step-by-step guide on how to romance judy still absolutely not because i know it by heart (laughs) (laughs) i do have a save file on my cyberpunk game that is the start of like the underwater part with judy though (laughs) i will say that (laughs) i'm curious with uh phantom liberty how many of the characters that have kind of like gone off into into the 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 horizon um call back in to v and see what's going on like i think it's before like i think it'll be before the end really because well it doesn't make a lot of sense for johnny to still be with you if you've already done the ending because like depending like it either v's gone or johnny's gone um it's set for like certain endings, which means that that's what I'm wondering. Like, like which I ones can make it? Yeah. That's the thing is like, they have to make it Canon in order yeah. for it to set. And I don't think that they'll make it Canon, like a Canon ending in this game. Like we know that they have confirmed a cyberpunk two. So, yeah. and if it's a continuation of V story, then I'm sure they have to pick a canonical ending for that. But in this game, no, I, I have a so. quick question. Do we think that this is going to give us like another ending option? Like after we finish this, instead of like going to the autocados or real, real, like we go to the present. Hey, present, we need help attacking your Osaka. That's what Possibly. I think is going to happen. Militech? Yeah, what Militech. If you get some Militech people. What if this was one of the planned endings that got cut for time and it was like one of the Corpo endings? Yeah. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Is, See, that's and I what hope I we get new romance. I, I hope we gonna... get the romance. I can never do his name. character. Yeah, I want to. I want to romance him because we couldn't romance Johnny. Let me romance him at least. Possibly. Uh, I don't know how. I, I I also would like a romance for, for that, but I. The thing is, is I think that yes, I agree with you, Logan. That this was a this was either original content. Or they change things up a little bit, and this is another one of the alternate endings that is going to be added in. Because I don't think that this is post game. I think this is pre uh, knock, mm. like right before talking to Hanako and doing the whole Nocturne quest. I think that um, this is going to happen during the timeline when Johnny and V are still together. Now, there are ways that each of the endings could still fit. And no matter what path you go down, I think that there are little dialogues or little phrases that could bring this whole story back together, but it'd be really difficult and it would feel kind of cheap. So with that being said, where do you see 
A, this taking place in Night City, and B, at what point before the Nocturne quest do you think that, that, that this would have fallen into? Um, uh, well, it's confirmed to be in Pacifica, so there's the whole oh, sectioned off yeah, um, area. I think it's just, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, an expansion to, to Pacifica, not specifically like what we have there. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, it has been confirmed to be Pacifica. Always- that was that was one of my my long long. I wanted like the voodoo boys and stuff to all get expanded and less animals, but more voodoo boy stuff. Yeah, because that felt like criminally short. Mm-hmm. Yes, when it first it came was. out. But yeah. But okay. What was the second question? Sorry, I was wondering, um, like how, like, because most of the stories you can kind of go to them at your own pace, but they're kind of gated by difficulty. Like you travel through certain areas and stuff, but you can pretty much go wherever you want. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, how is that going to fit in with the souped up V that I have right now saved at the, 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 the cutoff point? Like what is, what is the, the difficulty curve going to be for Phantom Liberty for people who have, you know, hundreds of hours into it. Increase the level cap. And make it mm. so that way it's still you have to be high level to even broach the area in Pacifica, probably like level forty at least. I think cap is at fifty right now. Yes. Um, Do you think so they're that, gonna you're gonna block off new content like that to people jumping in? I, I think it's not a. I mean, I don't think it's a block. Is but like everything in Cyberpunk is generally like. Well, I guess it's not level. It's a story based, but you know, like you do you have. Hmm. I maybe like you, it might be a story point thing. Uh, it may not be a level cap, but it may be like all this happens. a certain level in the story, which means that you have to at least by the point, like kind of latish game, you're probably already hit thirty. And if they make it a level cap of thirty, then it's not really that much of a a block. Um, like, that's, but like, that's I think they make it a bit higher difficulty because, like, otherwise it becomes a very like boring endeavor whenever you can just yeah. walk in as level 50 V and just be like, oh, I, I fucking body this. Although we do know that enemies do scale in missions depending on, um, you know what level you are because i have played in modded runs and done like gone to level 50 before the heist even happens and the weapons and things that the enemies have are far higher tier than what you see like they mm. they are running around with rare weaponry at the minimum and they're usually all smart guns it is nuts that we still haven't gotten a new game plus facts <laughs> I'm still surprised by that. Yeah. Maybe now we will. Maybe that's how they do it. Like maybe it comes in with like, the DLC. Yeah. I would I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. Plus, and that's how you're able to go anywhere you want is because the air and stuff like that. That'd be interesting. I'd be happy. I'd go back and I'd play through another another run with a new game plus. Hmm. Yeah. I have to say, by the way, Toasty, I love the pops with Inosuke and Toph and yeah, Johnny there and other Johnny. I can't uh, tell who the other one is. Uh. It's the one above Johnny's Aragorn. Uh, oh, okay. Then I have 
Um, I have Qui-Gon Jinn here. He's kind of blocked off. Uh, Jack Sparrow and Geralt. I don't see anything. What are you guys talking about? Geralt. My, my pops and His my little thing. figures. Here. You have to click oh. on him and make him bigger. Like if you're... Yeah. The camera screen on his phone is probably too small to oh, yeah, see. It's probably, mm. it's probably too small. Yeah, no. Yeah. My my wife has been buying me um, things so that I have a bit more of a presentation in my office. So uh, she's buying me like my basically nice. my favorite characters from the fandoms that I like. So that's what the pops are for, man. But they didn't yeah. make any Judy ones. Oh, that's cute. Adorable. Wait, Deadpool with a unicorn? It's uh-huh. Uh-huh. if you that remember from the movie that, that mm-hmm. what unicorn. he did with that unicorn. That's it's that's exactly what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it is gin, so makes sense. <laughs> My husband bought this for me. He was yes, just buying me it- because he also knows you. <laughs> he's your hopefully. husband, so it's hopefully. like hopefully, yes, you're hopefully. <laughs> I think secret side of Jen, you don't know. I think the fact that he bought her that Deadpool says that he knows her. <laughs> so I want to know. That's I want to know why I laughed at Logan's comment about how we had to get our controllers off this way. I mean, come on. Joysticks off. The joystick specifically. That's what he said. I was like, "Ah." (laughs) I went there too. Don't worry. Um, I know. And you stared at me for a moment whenever I made a face. So (laughs) I made a face at one point. You paused and you were like, (laughs) cut it out in post. Yeah, sometimes. Clean all of this up. Yeah, that's fair. Are we still recording actually? Yeah. Well, yes, because if I end the recording, then it ends the call, and then, you know, everybody's just sitting here chatting right now, which is fine. You know what? I can I'm going to ask. All this. I'm, I'm going to ask Logan, because um, you mentioned wanting to talk about Edge Runners, and I'm curious to know your opinions. And you know what, Jen, you can, you can cut this part out and throw it on the Patreon for bonus. That's fine with me. Because, uh, I mean, we can't really like. I mean, it would be nice to do a catch-up episode, but like, I don't know. I, guess. I think we had planned that originally, and then it just like you and I really just started getting into the groove and all that stuff. And then I was like, oh yeah, we should probably start reaching out to the old things. I mean, we've got our one interview lined up that nobody knows about yet, but us. So nice. two. Oh, actually, two of them now. Yeah, that's so, all started for me was an interview. Okay, well, one of these interviews I don't know about, so... Yes, you do. <laughs> you know about both of them. ADHD brain has forgotten, so... Check your email. <laughs> Is it in... Wait, I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> I just figured I'd toss that out there and see if, see if it sparked any memory. All right. Edge runners, let's talk about it. Yeah, I want to know, Logan. I want to know your thoughts. Oh man. So animation wise, fantastic. I love the studio. I think they did a, a, a great job with it. Um I liked the early episodes, kind of where where you kind of have David just kind of like really kind of being put to the put to the test. Uh, especially with his mom, I thought that that was heartbreaking. Um, I, it ju- especially as like things were just starting to to turn around, and um, 
I think that they did a, a good job kind of having him adapt to the the Sandusky implant like the and, and I thought it was kind of interesting like how they did it the thing that I didn't really gel with was like halfway through the series where you know he's working with the crew uh things are getting well you know he's starting to get some upgrades he's starting to to kind of get his footing in there and stuff and then just like the the uh and I'm blanking on his name but the main dude dies in it and main his name is made, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why figures. Um, oh yeah, because it's like it's it's main, but it's main like the the state main, not like M A I N. But like he's he, and then he just like takes over as like the new solo, and it's like that point up into the point where they have the fight with uh, Smasher. Yeah. That whole chunk right there was kind of the worst chunk for me. I really didn't like kind of what he was about, like him just constantly pushing himself and pushing himself and pushing himself. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's almost like he saw the the faults in what was going on with Maine and he and didn't heed that. any of it. Yeah. He just copied it. And I was just like, you know, he didn't, he didn't really have anyone else to like have as a, as a, a father figure or like a big brother figure. Right. So it's obvious, like he's going to, he's going to succumb to the same faults as Maine did. But I think it was, there was a disconnect in my mind between his relationship with Lucy that I was just like, I don't, it doesn't feel like Lucy is, is a part of the story when she was so, so like critical to his, to him in general, like just David in general, like if it wasn't for Lucy, there was so much left on the table about her story, about how she feels about things. Um, and, it, and it was all just kind of played off as PTSD. And I was like, that really sucks. I wanted to explore more of that. So when mm-hmm. when there was that section of of him just kind of running missions and stuff like that, and then then the, the small kind of lead up to um, the, the fight with Arasaka in Smasher, at that point, I was just like, I was kind of over him. And and I was kind of annoyed that Lucy was staying around when I think that she deserved so much better at that point because he was just he was so selfish and and unyielding about things and it and it really didn't gel with the character that I expected David was going to be. Like David was always pushing himself, but he was always pushing himself to prove something. And now that he had proved something, it seemed like he didn't care it didn't seem like he had much empathy and that kind of bugged me so when the smasher thing came and it was like that was this moment to kind of save everyone um with the armor i thought it was like a a, it was a weird kind of like a reckoning and then the ending came and i felt really bad because i felt like i had lost faith in david as a as a person um and by the time the ending came, I was like, oh, damn, I wasn't, I didn't actually think it was going to have him be dead. And I was, that was kind of the, that was kind of the bummer for me as I was like, I felt like there was a lot more to that story that could have been told. And it was kind of weird that we're only getting that. It was just like, it's the one season. Um, and I felt like there were so many more stories that could have been told and so much more with the characters that we got with that entire crew 
that I really wanted to like dive into that we just we just didn't get any of that and I was kind of bummed about that yeah um I mean like the the coolest like kind of explanation I've seen for it um and kind of like the most heartbreaking for it I think I like kind of went really into detail with it whenever we did our like review on that episode or whatever um or those couple episodes um was that like the idea of like the leader of the group like basically sacrificing themselves like their their body and their sanity to like keep the rest of the group safe and that was kind of like Maine's thing is that like Maine was more cybered out than anyone else because like in his mind it was his job to protect the group um and but like eventually it becomes a detriment and you end up harming your group still because you you like get so cybered out you lose yourself um and like that was kind of the same like path david took because he even says it at the end like i couldn't protect my mom i couldn't protect maine um uh, i didn't want to let that happen to anyone else was basically he instead of seeing the the issues with that from Maine's like death he saw only like the duty he had to like keep the group safe had been passed on to him and the guilt that he felt of having failed everyone else that he he took on that role sacrificing his body and granted a lot of it comes from like the kind of cockiness he had to it as well because cyberware didn't affect them as like heavily as yeah. as other people and it's like okay so like he can he can take more of it but even then he still eventually are going to hit that wall um and start having issues but like at that point how much of you is left to see the mistakes or or see the the concerns with it yeah. but like he kind of yeah he kind of took on that role and it didn't help considering the stuff we saw with certain like he i never i didn't really see it uh and like of course don't get me wrong i mean like i have two lucy posters in my fucking room um so like i did thoroughly like uh lucy but like i didn't see it as much as david um and like of course he has his faults they both have their faults it's an extremely toxic relationship if you look on the outside of it um but like lucy found out that information about arasaka wanting david and kind of made protecting him her whole goal and it made it caused her to be aloof because she she no longer ran with the gang she didn't really like uh, like she saw him at like home for a bit um like every day probably but she was like doing so much stuff on her own and he was like doing the job of protect like being the the leader of the edge runners and protecting the people so there's like that rift came between them um and then at that point like we see like the whole like dramatics of you know once he starts losing it losing it that he starts questioning like are we like, what is this? Like, it, this doesn't, this isn't the same as it was or like, or, or just doesn't seem 
how I want it to be, I guess. Um, So, I mean, with as much as we can see, I mean, they're all supposed to be incredibly flawed characters. Um, That's kind of the whole point. Uh, That's kind of the, like, the the, because I watched, you know, those, like, videos, like, you know, video essays and stuff on it. Um, And it's kind of what I think it kind of it, it made sense for it like someone as guilty as david for in his mind failing everyone like trying not to do that again no matter the cost um you know so yeah i i definitely i definitely see like where that where that can go into i think it 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 was one of those situations where i would have loved to have had some really good arguments between Lucy and David mm-hmm. in the show to really substantiate like what the, what, you know, even if it's mired in, 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 you know, words that aren't saying what they're intended to meet to, to say, you can at least get the undertones of that expressed. Um, where it is, is at least in the show, I don't recall, I could be wrong on this. It felt like their relationship was one of convenience and it was no longer a, a relationship of of love. Like they cared for each other, but she didn't want to run with the crew. I, I always felt like there was a sense of resentment because he always wanted her back because he missed what she was like before that situation. And instead of like nurturing and caring and protecting the, the Lucy that had dealt with all of that and trying to understand it better, he just kind of put her off onto the side so that he could continue his own ambition, which really didn't like, it doesn't really translate well in the show as, as him trying to protect her at that point. It was, it did be the next main and Dario. Like that's what he expected to happen. You know, like if I'm going to be the leader of the crew, I'm going to have my girl at my side. And that's just not what happened with it. My impression was that she put herself to the side because like, Throughout the show, I think it shows like we see that like it's it never feels like love. It feels like obsession. It feels like Lucy is obsessed with David um, because like once she sees that he's in danger, like like, you know, he gets in danger. She goes after it like it, it, and it's and it's like, you know, she changes a bit where she's like, you know, no longer kind of that like casual aloof person that she is like whenever he gets kidnapped, she's like. She's like murderous. Um, and then like later on, like she finds out that information and she becomes obsessed with trying to stop it and keep him safe. And I'm sure in her head it was like, yes, yeah, because I love him and I want to keep him safe. But because like I don't think any of these characters have a true understanding of what love is, especially her, she's never understood love from any perspective because like she became a, a, I mean, essentially a child soldier um, when she was younger, like just on the net. Um, she's never had that perspective. She has a very skewed idea of looking at how love is supposed to be mm-hmm. between people. So it like it comes in the form of obsession with this dude. Oh, I got such a different read on that when I was watching it. I mean, that's... It's one of the fun of it is different perspectives on like yeah. how people see things. I mean, that's why we can yeah. have conversations. So for sure. <laughs> yeah. In my mind, I had always thought that he was always kind of 
like the young naive imbecile and she had been she'd seen like what what the real world was like and she loved that innocence about him and when she was kind of put to task to train him she saw it more as a burden because she was potentially seeing like what she had been turning him turning him into what she had you know gotten away from but that she had fallen in love with his kind of his passion his desires right like he's very passionate and that's very charismatic for a lot of people and i think that what he saw i think for me what she learned about him in arasaka was more of ptsd mixed with um a fear of what would happen to him and I think that the I think the seclusion is is on point. I think that she did remove herself from the situation, but I never appreciated the fact that he didn't have the forethought to try and understand what she was going through better, to try and mend her. Uh, not that she, you know, not that she needed him to do that, but that she needed someone present. And that's where I was always like, he's the leader of the gang. He didn't need to be the leader of the gang. He chose to be the leader of the gang because Maine was the one that wanted him to uh, kind of be the new solo. And I always, I always kind of resented it. it. Was like you have someone that you're infatuated with that you you think is beautiful that you want around you, and she's around you. But now it's more like she's a trophy wife. She's not actually a partner. And I well, think I that think, always kind of bugged me. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that's entirely. Uh, accurate as well like i think like mm. i said i think it's false on both their sides because she became obsessed with the mission to protect him he became obsessed with being the new main they became obsessed with things that were their not jobs. yeah things Kinda. that took them away from each other um even though like in in the kind of like side angle of it is that like overall it was kind of them trying to do the same thing for each other. They were both trying to protect each other. They just took routes that ended up splitting them apart rather than bringing them closer together. Um, like, I, like yeah. it's definitely he, cause you know, her in the sense of, she doesn't understand what love is. Cause she's never experienced it before. And like, I'm like, but also like, I mean, he hasn't either. He's he's a kid. Like, like he not like with his mom. Yeah. Yeah. But like but also, wasn't he stalking her beforehand? Didn't he always ride the train to see Watcher? No. She showed up. Oh. Like she just can't like at one point he noticed her. He uh, he caught her stealing. I, uh, I remember yeah. that. I just I, I couldn't remember there was a time before he, where she was there and he like was like kind of like whoa and tried to like find her but she was gone okay. by the time like it wasn't he wasn't stalking her um right. or at least i assume not that wasn't the vibe i got off of it but like yeah but like david's never my, my sense sorry i like he's known love but i meant like he's never experienced a relationship before because he's a kid i mean like the oldest that we can see him getting in the whole show is like 18 mm -hmm. like so like and you Whenever you're that age, like, you still don't understand it. Like you still don't know, like how to deal with relationships or like what love can really be, or like you think you know, but you really don't. So you know, uh, 
yeah it, it definitely and you know he went down the because it was also because his mom's stuff was heartbreaking obviously and he like really loved his mom his his mom put a lot of expectations on him that were unfair too um i don't i don't think they were unfair I think she wanted the best for him and she was pushing him to do the thing that would keep him out of trouble. And I don't think that any parent would argue that that isn't what they wouldn't want for their kid. I think for sure. But I guess in different, because obviously, because I have like me and a friend of mine have a different perspective on it is because um, like she did say that she wanted the best for him. But with the way she frames it in the way of like, look how much I'm sacrificing for you to get there is depending on like how your relationship, because I mean, me, I wouldn't want anybody doing that to me at all. I would have, there would be an instant disconnect regardless of the person you are. If you put it as this is all the stuff I'm doing. So you need to do this thing because of that. Um, There's, I, I I think that the, a first off the the guilt trip thing is never a never a positive thing, but I I didn't that was something that didn't really come until like things had really kind of blown over. Like he had always just kind of stated uh, skated the line, like he'd always just kind of towed the line with going to school and stuff like that. It wasn't until like money started to get to become an issue and in the ex. Uh, him getting ex- or getting in the fight and stuff like that that really the weight and stress of her having to be a single parent working all that time and stuff like that and the pushback that he was giving that finally she had to kind of come out during that that car trip and be like this is all the shit that i'm doing just so that you can go to school i want you to understand why i feel like this is so important and- but it, i in the sense because like he was expressing like because he was never ever going to fit. I mean, because they tell us that he was a straight A student. He excelled yeah. at these courses, but he was he was a like a poor dude from a poor family from Pacifica. And he was like, regardless of I could I could be better than literally anyone in my class. It doesn't matter because I'm never gonna fit. Even once I pass this and go up the corporate ladder they're still going to see that kid from Pacifica and it's never going to be an acceptance thing. Um, and like, I think that was like his main pushback was just like, like I, I like, I see what you're doing and I see the sacrifices you're making, but like, like it, regardless of even if I do succeed here, it's, it's never going to work anyways. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I think it, it's tough to say for myself, like what I would do because I'm not a parent, but as a parent, you, you strive, you work. So you do whatever it takes to, to get the better life for your kid, right? Like you want your kid to have the better life and you try and try and try and you try not to let as uh, however hard that is show. And so many conversations I've, I've heard from people that find out like what their parents went through so that they could go to school and stuff like that. They're just like, I I never hoped that or I would have never have asked my kid or my parents to go through all of that had I known how much they were going through. But that's the that's the parents burden uh, to bear is is to try and provide a better place for their their kids to be able to do that. So I, I think it was a matter of time where 
David would have realized like there's no way this is going to work out and him kind of realizing how much sacrifice his parent his mom was putting into it was infuriating because she didn't see what life was like for him because she was too busy and he didn't see what life was like for her because he was too wrapped up in 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 the bullying that he was getting dealt yeah i don't know if i had a point to that yeah they that parenting is hard and you never know if you're doing it right or wrong until one day you find out. Yeah. It just happens. Um, No, I think that sacrificing for your kid is the job of every parent. Um, It's just what level of sacrifice you're willing to do and whether or not it was worth it. Um, There's a point where you have to have a conversation with your child. Like, putting my kid in soccer lessons. Okay. They, they were semi cheap, but it also put a little bit of strain, but she had really a fun time at soccer. And so I was like, yeah, willing to do that. But then one day, you know, I'm like, all right, we got to get up. We got to go to soccer practice. And she's like, I'm just kind of done with it. I don't want to do it anymore. And I'm like, if she doesn't want to play soccer anymore, I don't want to be spending, you know, $300 a month on this anymore. I don't want to have to be driving out there and sitting in the rain to watch the soccer games anymore. Canceling the thing is going to be a benefit for all of us. But that's also not her education. So I could see how David, how, you know, the mom would have pushed further for him to stay in school that way. Um, But it's definitely a conversation that you just sit and find out. I could be making more sacrifices than what is necessary because I don't want to let other people know how much I'm doing behind the scenes for them. Yeah. And I think it comes back around to the, if you grew up in Pacifica, you saw what was going on in Pacifica, you have a kid and you have an opportunity to try and give them a better life. What is that? What is that worth? to you mm-hmm. and and i think that was that's why i don't feel like it was something where a lot was put upon him all he had to do was go to school and get good grades that was his that was his chore but like his but the thing is is that like we didn't get to see it much and that's probably a fault to the the anime itself but we do get to see part of it is that the bullying that he experienced and like i mean there's like that level from what I anticipate. Uh, I mean, just based on like my own being bullied experience from high school and like how that made me specifically feel and like different people. Like, I mean, there's kids that like commit suicide because of the bullying they experience in high school. So like, I mean, yes, like you said, there was the point of like, she was so busy she didn't see what he was going through either um but like that's kind of like that is a that is a huge burden that he has to like take on himself is like okay like my mom's giving up all of this like she's giving up literally having a life for me to do this so i need to stay doing this even though it makes me completely miserable because i'm hated i am i am 
they tell me that I am the bottom of the barrel and worse even. Uh, and like, that's a fucking lot. I mean, <laughs> and then pushing it a little bit further, further. And I will say that I think the one thing that mom did wrong in the whole scenario was, um, you know, you're going to finish this school, David, you're going to get straight A's, you're going to do all this. And then one day you are going to be at the top of our soccer tower. That is what your life is going to be. You are going to get to the top of that tower that one at one, one day. Instead of going, look, your school is important. And what we are going to do is we are going to get you to the end of school. And then once you get out, then you can decide what you want to do with this. But I'm going to give you every tool up until that point where you get to make your own decisions. Like, because by the time that he turns 18 and graduates from high school, then yeah, he is his own adult and he can choose. But if you're, if you're told your whole life, no, this is what your life is going to be. At one point you're going to rebel against that. And that would have ended their relationship there too. Um, But then the fact that David holds that phrase in his head all the way to the last minute of the last episode. Like, look, Ma, I did what you wanted me to do. Like, that's what he was striving for the whole time. And so, obviously, that caused emotional and mental damage to him. Yeah. And yeah. holy crap, we have gone on for an additional 45 minutes. This is going to come out as an entire bonus episode. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, it's like our catch-up episode. Talking to Logan about all the stuff that we haven't had the chance to talk to him about like the big yeah. things. I mean, it has happened since, since, you know, we, uh, I can't even remember when was y'all, cause y'all stopped doing April. around April. Oh, yeah. And were you gone before that? that yeah. He was then? gone before Tom stopped. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I ended, uh, I had to stop in December of 2021, I believe. So it's been a whole year. To shift. Yeah, two. So no, well, one. A year December, plus a month. A year plus a month. Yeah. So, I'm not good with numbers. I was like, I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, the hiatus was that long. Wait, was it? Shit. <laughs> So like I said at the beginning of the episode, this was just a continuation from our Patreon chat last week. Uh, So I don't have any new reviews to read out. I don't have any new patrons to announce. And the website is still the same. MetallicDiceGames.com Using the promo code CPLC at checkout. You guys are amazing, and thank you so much for your continued support through all of this. And I hope that you're really enjoying our extended chat with Logan and getting caught up. Thanks so much. Let's get back into it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... 
must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Mm-hmm. Sorry, for... I just got a, a message from my wife that they went out to go get dinner and that I need to, to make dinner for myself. Mm. Oh. Mm. Uh, yeah. Thanks for pizza and beer. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be my dinner tonight, too. Yeah, pizza and beer. I love being an adult. I eat whatever I want. Exactly. I don't have mom telling me I got to be at the top of Arasaka Tower. I got to be on top of making this pizza. That's my life. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me. It was good to get into cyberpunk again and get to talk with it. It's, it's been a long time, man, having to, to, to think all the way back to cyberpunk 2077 and the mission names and like the different characters and stuff. I was like, it's all up here. I know it's up here. We're going to be fine. We're going to, we're going to get through this. But it was, it was really good to sit down and talk with you all about it. And then and it congrats just again. Like coming back and clicking you. and you're like, I remember that. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That. Hey, First ever patron chat that Logan didn't play cyberpunk in the background. <laughs> I didn't do that until like halfway through the first year. <laughs> Legit. And we, we didn't talk about your guy though. The guy? The guy? Who you always want to romance. Oh, Goro. I brought up Goro. Yeah, he did. Goro. I totally no. brought up Goro. It was at the very end of the of the the first Patreon episode where I was going to toss out my my own my own little thing that was like a no, nice little your favorite guy the favorite guy Dumbo 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 Oh my god I forgot about Dum Dum Oh Dum Dum Man I never forgot about Dum Dum we, we got we got robbed of being able to join up the Maelstrom gang That's all I got to say is Dum Dum needs like I said, I said it on, I don't even know how many patron chats, but like a faction system would have made this game like yeah. exponentially better. Like, way, way better. But yeah. also exponentially worse because it'd be another thing that probably wouldn't have been working when it first came out. And faction systems. I think it would have been, I still think it would have been cool if all of the weapons and uh, certain quick hacks and stuff had all been tied to the different like gangs and that you had to actually go level up with whatever gangs you wanted to, to be able to get the the street cred that you wanted to get, to be able to like earn those weapons. Like if you wanted the power weapons, you had to go down and work with the animals. If you wanted the the tech weapons, you had to go uh, with, um, I don't know, maelstrom, you know, pick your, pick your poison for whoever you, or I guess the, the, the voodoo boys, would yeah. be like a perfect for like the quick access. Like that would have been a fantastic thing that Cyberpunk could have been. Yeah. Maybe um, one day. Maybe two. Maybe Cyberpunk two, yeah. Let's hope for two. Yeah. You know, that we get in uh twenty thirty six seventy seven. Something like that. You know, we'll see. 
Let's let's hope that Cyberpunk 2 comes quick and easy, that they're able to use a lot of Night City, that they're able to kind of kick things off and we get it in the same console generation that we did for Cyberpunk, just with like more refined I, support. Or I think we will. Console. Yeah, because I think we will get it uh, sooner because it's like they're making the transition over to to Unreal Engine, right? And like with an already yeah. like fully established engine like that, it shouldn't take as long as having to make your own systems in your current engine to work in for this game. So yeah. we should get it quicker, but I mean, with how oh, much yeah. like effort and detail goes into the stories of these things, it's still going to take a while. And the so. lead writer has gone too now. So we gotta, we, they gotta get a new writer for, uh, for Cyberpunk 2 and what that's going to be like. Yep. Be so curious. I want a whole new character. Yeah. Yeah. I really I would I would love to dive into a whole new character, get a different plot, leave V story to be whatever anyone wants it to be and not necessarily be canonical, like don't have a canonical ending, but I don't know. I could see both. That's fair. Yeah. We should call him E. <laughs> the exact opposite of the alphabet, not V, but E. Call him E. Or is it D? D or E? B, W, X, Y, Z. Yeah, it'd be not good with numbers. E. Yeah, e. It could be like a Edward. What's a good E name for a female? Edward. Elizabeth. I don't know. Elizabeth. Uh, um, Ellie. Ellie. Is Ellie with an E? Yeah. Yeah. E L L I E. Yep. Oh my God. Or E L L E. As well as. V's is what? Vince or Valerie or something? Like. I thought it was Veronica. It's Valerie. I think it's Vince. What's wrong with Veronica? Victoria. I don't know. Victoria sounds familiar. I think it was Valerie. Because it was something like. Not it was Vincent and it is yeah, Vincent and Valerie. That's so girly. Valerie is such no a wonder girly. they went by V and not Valerie. That's why they went by V, Jin. <laughs> Can't be a why, badass and be a Valerie. Your name was Vincent. You probably don't want to be you but... probably don't want to use that. And yeah, Valerie's so girly, you probably also don't want to use it. Funny that they didn't go with like Vinny. He could have could totally have oh, been man. like a street kid Vinny. Oh, corpo Vinny. Can you imagine a Corpo Vinny in a full suit? It would have been it bad. Cousin Vinny, what's going on? Hey, this is a soprano suddenly. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. See, if they had gone with Victoria, then it could have been a Vinny or a Vicky. You know? Yeah. Vicky, Vicky. I would go with Vicky. Because oh, <laughs> then it could have been Vinny Vidi Vidi Vici. Yep. Vicky or Vinny. Yep. The worst ideas I I come up with. Uh, maybe that should be a, a cyber that can be another Patreon chat for another day. Let's make cyberpunk worse. We've talked about what? all the ways <laughs> to make it good, to make it great, to make it fantastic, but let's take the game as is and not obviously make it shitty through like graphics or gameplay or anything like that but some of the details let's just make the game worse 
Well, there's some details you can't make worse, and I guess there's child soldiers. There's not really much worse than that. Everyone's yeah. in polyester. Everyone wears polyester. The horror. And Velcro. We set the faction. And we suspenders. Set the back to, ooh, fashion back to like bad 80s fashion. Not cool cyberware fashion, but just like <laughs> bad all 80s. We gotta bad be careful because we, if we go back too far, we end up being in steampunk instead of cyberpunk. <laughs> okay, I'm not going like back to Victorian ages here. Oh, that would be interesting. Cyberpunk be 2077, cool but steampunk. Turn steampunk everything from cyberpunk to steam. But it's yeah, it's cool. 1877 as opposed to 2077. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> they could bring like real roach into the game because there's actually horses. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Steampunk. 1877. You play as V. Victor. <laughs> Victor. <laughs> All right, Victor and Vanessa are in in uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Town, and like and, and technically, instead of like having like uh, smart bullets, you just have steam powered bullets. Yeah, it's just it's all steam powered rifles, <laughs> grappling hooks. I hate yeah. the fact that I would play this. What the hell? It yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm going to use any of these ideas for the like uh, industrial era London style D and D campaign that I'm going to do, but I definitely am. Like quick hacking is like you holding up a magnifying glass up to a piece of paper and be like, ah, yes, I can see the smudges from their fingerprints. We have access. Don't some steampunks have a little bit of magic in it? So like all that brain oh, yeah, and hacking thing would be like little magics, like. But then it gets. You can totally do that. Yeah, yeah. just make some. Uh, the steampunk wait. always has, has potions and stuff in it. So I'm just thinking instead of quick hacks, it's like you throw a potion at them. So. So dishonored. Yeah. Actually, I was, I I was thinking about Bio, it. Bioshock. Uh, what is it? Bioshock Infinite. I need to play by the Bioshock games. I think it's Bioshock. I kind of like that. Oh, amazing. Um, well, all I right, folks. Because it's my, it's my old man bedtime. So, third man <laughs> bedtime. Got a good Don't bed. Don't forget to take your dentures out and put them in the ox saucer. I will. All right, guys. Bye. 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 Okay. Yeah. The ending of that felt really abrupt, but that's just kind of how it was. We ended up chatting for like basically another 45 minutes and then realized, oh shit, it got really late in the night. So it's time to end the show. And everybody was just like, I would totally play steampunk, cyberpunk set in olden days even though in the cyberpunk timeline that wouldn't actually make sense but in our little fantasy brains it all worked out realized what time it was and called it a night and that is where i am also going to call this recording a night and do our normal outro of all the cool ways that you can reach out to us and find us on the internet 
Toasty is the co-host of the Witcher Lorecast, uh, a part of the Robots Radio Network, where they discuss everything related to Witcher. Uh, most recently, they have been talking about the Blood Origin series, and Toasty has a lot of opinions on that one. So go give him a listen, go give him a follow, and you can also find him on the Cyberpunk D, Cyberpunk apostrophe D live play of Cyberpunk Red, which I listen to. It's an amazing, fun time over there with the Fumbling Four and Almighty Crit Gang. Um, so many wild personality types on there, and it's really fun to dive into the world of cyberpunk written by somebody completely different and through the lens of what uh, Crit this season is the referee uh, through where he wants to take all of these wild and crazy characters and where their ride is going. Uh, if you like more of me, you can find me on the, the Two Girls One Ship podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. Right now, we have just started our deep dive into Mass Effect 3 characters. And I am in my happy, happy, happy place. I get to be reunited with all the lovers that I have had in my beloved Bioware games. So please give us a follow and a listen on there as well. And also a major shout out to Gav of Miracle of Sound. Please go find his music on the interwebs. You will not be disappointed. And of course, I also want to thank Logan and Turbo for sticking around and having fun after the show and just chatting it up. This was a really, really fun episode to record, and I hope that you have all enjoyed listening to it as well. And as always, remember, stay safe in Night City. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.